Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our low effort, low quality podcast. I'm Liz Brunig. This is my husband, Matt. Hi, everyone. Matt's back from his field trip to Finland. That's correct. So we're going to get to that later in the show. Uh, we always start the show with hot topics. That's right. And that's uh, that's an homage, I would say, to the uh, sports radio we both grew up listening to in Texas. Well, hot topics, that's what they call the stuff on the view and the chew well, and uh, but the starting the show, and starting the show with just uh, kind of bantering about the news is a it owes itself to uh, Muse in the News, which uh, which was a segment on our favorite radio station, The Ticket. That's correct. I mean, they didn't start the show off with it. And of course, most shows do news type stuff but really busting my balls man well I, I, you know just trying to get you from topic a to topic b here well tell your fucking stories matt well i don't have any stories. matt used to be a big ticket caller in her well, what's the ticket you know what the ticket is you know damn well what the ticket I is i know but you've gone you've missed that part i feel like yeah well because you weren't willing to play along with the segment you had to fact check it matt's into fact checking now well, I've always been a fact checker, a real fact checker. <laughs> fact checks the fact checkers. Yeah, not like Glenn <laughs> the real Pinocchio Kessler. <laughs> Who watches the Watchmen. All right. I'm well, a Geppetto. Geppetto. So <laughs> uh, he's just the puppet master, right? I mean, like, he's the man who makes... Whatever the opposite of Pinocchio is, that's what I am. I don't know if there's an opposite of Pinocchio. Uh, Geppetto, as far as I understand. No, I've not watched the, this program people were referencing, but... That's crazy. Geppetto is, like, I think it's, like, his father or something. In any case, I, that's my understanding of the opposite, the anti-Pinocchio. Okay, whatever. Matt's the anti-Pinocchio. Uh... Anyway, the ticket was a sports radio station, is a sports radio station, continues to be a sports radio station in North Texas. And uh, it was hilarious. My dad used to put it on when he was driving me to school or picking me up in the afternoons. And I would listen to it myself on the weekends. And it was amazing. And they had a great comedy style. Not all of it was necessarily woke. There were some really unwoke parts. And Matt... Uh, weird, just uh, utterly strange guy that he is. Um, a lot of weird things happen to me. You do them, though. It's not like they just happen to you. You perpetrate a lot of weird shit. Uh, <coughs> I somehow stick my nose into things, and it seems to blow up <laughs> in a lot of <laughs> cases. Well, Matt, Matt has a, a profoundly odd sense of humor, um, which I think is amazing and is utterly great. Uh, but... Uh, so this resulted in a young Matt. How old were you, would you say? Well, at what point? When I started? or When you started calling into the ticket to do comedy bits on the radio. I would have been maybe 11 or 12. So what was the nature of your sketch comedy bits that you called into the ticket for, Matt? Well, at first, they had this thing at the end of their uh, evening drive time show called the two-minute drill where they just take unscreened calls for two minutes <laughs> and you have you know a few seconds to like do a thing and then they let you go and that's how they end the show and so I would I would get in I would get in on that and do all sorts of bits mostly inside jokes about the ticket at first <laughs> and you know the novelty was supposed to be you know you could tell that I was a kid but then I was doing weird inside jokes about the ticket and that was kind of funny I guess yeah. um yeah, I mean, it was all really in the ticket universe for the most part. Um, 
for that. Later on, I there was a show in the afternoon. They would end their show with uh, what? What did they used to call that? It was uh, like notable birthdays and notable <laughs> yeah. events in history and yeah. stuff. And they had a thing called Line Four Guy, who would <laughs> call in, and they would just put him on the air. And for whatever reason, he always got to be on that segment. And I figured out what the phone number for line four was, which was not the main public number, but which was a different number. And somehow I was able to determine just through obsessive listening what that number probably was. And then sometimes I would call on that and I would be line four guy, even though it was a real guy who always got on. I don't, I don't know. Like he was took his place. Yeah. It wasn't like whoever called in it just like, yeah, sometimes I would be line four guy. Um, and usually they would just, they would just kick me off once they figured out I wasn't him, but you know, there was still some yucks to be had in that, uh, game. You know, I remember I'm 12 or 13 years old, so there was that. And then the real, the peak was, um, they had a very late night show called, uh, it was called the P1 Wild Ass Circus. Um, (laughs) this was very, very short lived program (laughs) and the shtick was like, they were going to, it's like they would have listeners come on and sort of do a show, but there was, there was a real host that was there yeah. and he would kind of coordinate it. And, you know, I guess they would try to get prominent listeners, you know, cause like any show, if people call in yeah, and that yeah. sort of thing. And I, I pitched myself to, to be on this show and they had me on a few times, um, on the P1 <laughs> wild ass circus. And, you know, it was a good gimmick. And there was another kid about my age named Cody and we would uh, we would uh, beef with one another, and okay. I would get on the uh, I would get on the two minute drill, and I would um, you know I would basically just have kind of like uh, you know like a, a a fight with him on the two minute drill, just kind of lay out my beefs, and he would lay out his beefs, and we would just sort of have at it uh, in in the sort of ticket universe. <laughs> okay, um, and we were both on at one point. And then I kind of used the P1 Wild Eyes Circus as a vehicle at that point to see if I could get into doing some other stuff that I thought would be funny, including like hidden microphone stuff. Um, and so I, I ended up convincing them to let me do two bits and they gave me the hidden microphone to do them. And one was I was uh, going to get an engagement ring. <laughs> you know, so you're 13. Yeah, I'm 13 years old, and I had a whole script about you know, how, and, and like over the over the period over the discussion, I would reveal you know that that I had had a first wife with and the salesperson with at the, the mall. salesperson. Yeah, it was yeah, it was how many punchlines can I put into this thing with the salesperson, and she's trying to sell me on it and that sort of thing, and um, you know that one was pretty good. But then I think the best one, which was one of my best. Probably one of my best bits ever in terms of concept. I don't know if execution played out that well. Was um, I went to uh, a drugstore and I asked them to give me a, a stop smoking patch. <laughs> okay, like a nicotine patch yeah. on 13-year-olds. And you're not allowed to get them if you're below 18 years old. But I thought this was a great moral conundrum for the clerk at the, uh, at the drugstore because... Because you're trying, I'm to trying to quit smoking, and like, don't you want to help me quit smoking? I understand I'm underage, but if anything, that's an even more compelling <laughs> reason to help me quit smoking. Um, and I had told him I had a New Year's resolution to quit smoking, <laughs> and and all these kinds of things. And 
you know, we try to get here, try to get him to, I don't know, have some kind of response. Um, that, that's basically the totality of it, I guess. A lot of calls, and then and then I and then I peaked as uh, doing some bits, um, doing some bits for the late late night show. Is that where you see this podcast going? What do you mean? I mean, do you think? we can get into inviting prominent listeners on to do bits with us. Or are you going to start doing sketches again? Oh, well, we don't really have a two way. We don't have phone calls. It's not really a radio show like that. So I think it would be difficult. Um, could probably scale up though. The bits. I mean, maybe I think, I think there's a real, I think the, the young kid aspect of it was pretty crucial. I mean, you know, the bar is a lot lower when you can just rely on it being funny that you're only like 10 years old or whatever. That's true. Um, and uh, you know it's you're a funny guy you know you should strap him uh, like a hidden mic when you go to cpac uh yeah what, i mean what was that we you used to go to liberty con right when they had the well we went to liberty con this year you you got paid to go to liberty con yeah 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 but but it used <laughs> to just be across from where we lived and you would just like walk over there yeah i would check it out see the freak show etc <laughs> <laughs> you know that could be good also i bet you could come up with some funny bits including jane yeah, I guess I could go the YouTube thing and take advantage of the fact that there's a lot of political conferences here and, you know, interview people, do some Jesse Waters, Waters World type stuff. Or, yeah, but you, you should know. just like step it up. Like make yeah, it, yeah, I could definitely tr- make it darker or more sophisticated <laughs> or more interesting than, than he does. But, you know, and then try to cultivate a more niche audience with, with that. Um, you know, I haven't really, th- yeah, I mean, I haven't put a lot of thought into getting back into my... Uh, my uh adolescent uh, radio hygiene days but that would probably be the equivalent today would be some sort of weird youtube channel i think you should go for it your uh, your sense of humor is unparalleled in my opinion well i appreciate that i mean it's a time issue really you it's just a time <laughs> issue <laughs> we'd have to start a new patreon for that I mean, to make sense you need to create more time in the day really is i think they you just know. need there's just only 24 of them hours man you just yeah. need more of them yeah i got a kid yeah. you know a lot of time is the consumed old, the old ball and chain the wife that's right you know you no know, i'm always like get out there and rake <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not chores not yeah. chores so much it's just when you gotta mow it's just child care. That's most of it. HOA is going to be on my ass if you don't mow. <laughs> <laughs> my yeah. mom growing up. Yeah, we should. Uh, I wish I did have an HOA. They'd give me something to fight. Well, that's bleak, man. I'm just trying to have a good time. We have a board. Yeah, you, yeah, you could like fight with the co-op board, I guess. Yeah. It seems kind of sick because they're all like elderly people. Yeah, I want to take over the co-op board and try to, you know... See if I can use the co-op entity to start buying up other properties in the city and expanding our empire. I think they're not. I don't think they're they. They don't have an expansionary mindset right now. They're just kind of sitting on the buildings that uh, the co-op was formed in. You know, a uh, hundred years ago or whatever. But you know, why not try to expand? Let's buy some other buildings in this damn city. Make some money. You know. You're a sick man. You know, I mean, <laughs> there's no reason why. Uh, I was going to be on hardball tonight. Could you yell at me a little so I can recreate that experience but without having 
<laughs> I don't even have a good handle of of what Chris Matthews shtick is. He, the last like time shouting. I saw him is he was it was uh, Zell Miller saying he was gonna <laughs> kill him in a duel. That was the last <laughs> time I ever saw <laughs> that whips. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was great. It was wonderful, but I but that that was like 10 20 Zell years ago Miller, or something. Man, that's a deep cut. Zell Miller right. I know. He was right. Well, I don't well, think he was well, right. Maybe that. Yeah. If uh, for for new listeners who haven't followed the Brunig canon for long, uh Matt is a big fan of this song called Bush Was Right. Yeah, it's not even really on youtube anymore it kind of disappeared i used to tweet it out at the end of every debate yeah it just went away um it was the institutional account of the band which were called the Wright brothers but <laughs> you know and that was the only song i ever listened to from them but it was uh bush was right yeah it was all about how bush was right and uh and it's really it's an unfortunate the lyrics are really unfortunate <laughs> in hindsight because all the things that they say he was right about really kind of imploded yeah <laughs> <laughs> the Middle East. And everyone who cited as knowing what they were doing was a complete moron. Yeah. Cheney, <laughs> Rumsfeld. Like, was right. Yeah, no, he wasn't. No. Mm. The economy ooh, mm. collapsed no, right as he was right leaving on. office. So. Yeah. No, it's, it's a really great song, funny. though. It is funny. It's it, funny. It, it, there is still versions of it on there, but not the one. They did a whole music video and I stuff. Remember, so, remember yeah, it was pretty good. And it, it included. Yeah, Zell Miller, right. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, it was. Uh, he was like the late, yeah. Cheney was right. Na, 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 na. Zell, yeah, well, it would be like. Uh, it was at the end when they weren't even saying was right. They were just listing things and sh- screaming right. Yeah, well, they had this period where they would be like. Oh, no, no, no. They did a list of things that yeah. were wrong. So it was like, blah, 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 wrong. Wrong. And then at the end of that list, they just said, Zell Miller right. <laughs> 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 oh, Cindy Sheehan wrong. Cindy Sheehan. Was one of, yeah, there are a lot she of references too that are totally. It's like the deepest 2003 <laughs> cut I've ever seen. Uh, I bet half our listeners that though, I have no memory of Cindy Sheehan. I don't know what our age demos are <laughs> like. <but. laughs> Do you guys... You remember when the right was super pissed at Cindy Sheehan? Cindy Sheehan. Yeah, her kid got killed in Iraq, and then she held like a vigil outside of Bush's fake ranch, (laughs) and and the right just lost their mind at this this woman. Yeah, Um, she was the mattress girl of 2003. It was crazy. Yeah, it was really funny. Uh, anyway, good song recommendation there. I mean, we're supposed to be talking about the news, uh, and ironically, we opened this segment talking about why we do a, a segment that's similar to Muse in the news, but we're not musing on the news. We're just kind of musing. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, hurricane, hurricane coming up. Hurricane Florence. Be safe. Be safe. You know, you can go on FEMA's website and you can check what you need in your first aid kit. There's a lot of stuff in there you probably wouldn't think about. You need a whistle, for example, in case you're trapped under debris. And you can't scream, or, or you know, or, or the the voice would be swallowed by the howling wind. That yeah. is interesting. You'd think someone would just sell a first aid kit with all that stuff in it. They do, but like you know, I- if you are attached to certain brands, or you want to make it up on the cheap with only like you know, great value brand band aids, water bottles, and 
uh, I respect that as well. But uh, so you can either have the list or you can go on Amazon and you can definitely preppers put out all kinds of totally maxed out kits uh, for emergency situations. I mean, you can get a you can get a kit with a fucking gas mask in it and uh, shit like that. So. Yeah, I mean, with hurricanes mainly, you just want to leave the area. I feel like that's probably that would uh, be my guess. Yeah, that's probably tip number one. <laughs> just, just drive away, buddy. <laughs> I would be so scared if we were getting a hurricane because I would be really worried. We got about tornadoes it. all the time. It didn't really bother are bullshit, me that much. Though, but what I worry, I would worry about Jane. Like, a flooding is really scary because, like, you know, this just is. It's just really worrisome. I mean, the tornado is only going to touch down for like two or three seconds and. Barring extremely unusual circumstances like what happened in Missouri a few years ago, you never get a really high death toll. So you could just like, well, the odds are I'm not personally going to die in a tornado. You know, I'm pretty robust. I think I can handle anything. Oh, I would be instantly killed if any if a tornado was in my vicinity. I I would swim. Swim in a tornado? What? You know, if you're going around and around in the tornado with flooding and stuff. Well, but the the floodwaters are also often poisonous, and they can destroy structures. I just feel like we'll you're not taking right. this seriously. I think that everybody needs to take this very seriously. Uh, the primaries happen tonight. Yeah, well, we don't even have results really. So no, I, they've called it for Cuomo. I'm uh, against because I'm not in New York, so I'm opposed to uh, concerning myself with the election. Because I feel like it's like federal, it's like uh, it's like what Russia did to us, you know. <laughs> You're sending insurgents. You know, it's like uh, meddling in a foreign state's election. Yeah. Nah, well, that's the I position can see I that, take. I can see that for that. It's a very exotic position. Yep. Uh, that frankly sounds like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am sorry to everyone who worked very hard for Nixon. I, I know there were a lot of y'all out there and... Um, Cuomo seems to suck real bad. Uh, but, you know, take heart. Take heart. It's not over till it's over. Matt and I were both ruled by Rick Perry for m- a long time, governed by him. Yeah. And we're okay. You know, the state is kind of state-level stuff's less important. Yep. I mean, it's not unimportant, but, you know. You know, it kind of goes up in order. Local government, least important. State government, middle. Federal, most. That's sort of... Capital even more. That's sort of how I go with it. I have a big project coming out next week. That's true, yeah. So do you. Uh, Mine is middling. is a middling project. Um, Why would you say that? It's your carbon tax paper, huh? Yeah, it's carbon tax and dividend. We're going to have a paper on Wednesday. But, you know, it's a thing. People have been doing the tax and dividend stuff for a while now. The chief novelty, I guess, is that our tax is really big. I mean, it's not really big, like excessive, but it's appropriate, whereas the other ones are are too low. Um, So, you know. There you go. Very pumped about my big project. Ask me a few questions about it, and I'll answer, you know, teaser questions. What's the project about? It's a. It's about crime. It's about a crime. What about crime? Well, I mean, uh, 
It about the subject of crime? Well, no, no, not about late. It's about a single specific crime. Oh, it's about a crime. A crime. Right, right. A specific crime. Is this a crime that's a crime in a moral sense or a legal sense? Uh, both, I would, I mean, I think I could answer both. Yeah. To that. Well, usually if it's, if it's one, it's the other. You think so? Usually. Not always. But usually. I'd say the vast majority of moral wrongs are not criminalized. But are they crimes? That's the thing. Is that all you got? Um, well, I don't know what you want to reveal. <laughs> I mean, it's really kind of... I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited. And I hope you guys like it a lot. Matt has supported me as I've written it over the past three years. Uh, and it's going to be out for you if all goes according to plan next Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Put your bookmark, the Washington Post website, wapo.org. No, that's not Whatever right. it is. That's not even right. I think it's just WashingtonPost.com. And... Check it on Wednesday. Do you Get, remember when... Put a little thing in your Google calendar <laughs> to go to the website on Wednesday. Do you remember when you, you would come visit me in college and like the credits that you had to buy on your student ID to purchase like dining plan meals and stuff? I don't even remember what it was called. Brandeis mascot was an owl though. And so you said that it was called Owl Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, that's not how even all what the, it was called. That's how all the campus currency works. <laughs> you just take the mascot and then you... You use uh, some money term, bucks, <laughs> cash, <laughs> coins, whatever it is. I would be like, oh, no, I can't pay my library fine or I can't print or something. You'd be like, need more owl bucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. That's not even it's what It's like a Dave and Buster's card. <laughs> That's how campus money works. Owl bucks. Owl bucks. That's right. <laughs> That's not In Oklahoma, we had Sooner Cash or something like that. You didn't. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a ripoff. I mean, they well, they, they get know. your money into the fake currency, and then you kind of lose track of what the currency is worth, and then you overspend. That's the whole. That's the whole game. Not me though. I don't play that game. I'm not going to the campus convenience store and spending thirty three sooner cash points on a pint of ice cream. I don't even know what that is. Give me some dollars. I need to be able to compare it, you know, with real life Matt's prices. Matt's going to walk three and a half miles to the nearest 7-Eleven and spend $1.50. You know, if I have time, walking is good for you. There's a lot of benefits to that. A lot of benefits to that. Matt used to visit me in college. I used to visit Matt in college. There was this great, do you remember the great veggie burger on your campus at that one place? Yeah, it was off campus technically, but. Um, Thanks. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. I think you could pay for it with Sooner Cash. This is part of the game is all the local retailers were in on it too with this fake money thing. And it's, it's just, it was unbelievable. It was really tasty. Those are some good days back when we were just teens and early 20-somethings. Yeah, college is fun because you don't have to do anything. Yeah, it's exactly. sort of like what the utopia is going to look like, I think. It's fun having a kid though as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I didn't have to work in college, and so I could kind of just do whatever I felt like doing. And school was very easy. I I would get that done really quickly, and so then I had a lot of free time to do what I wanted and study and do, you know, read and all that kind of stuff. So, but, yep, yep.
There's a bunch of controversy right now about Batman. What about it? Uh, well, John Hamm from Mad Men said he wants to play Batman. Uh, and that caused some controversy. Uh, he's getting married, which I'm not thrilled about. Got married, I guess, to Catwoman. John Hamm did? No, Batman, dude, in the comics. Oh. I just feel like uh, I just feel like she's not the settle down type. Catwoman's a dame, you know, and he's not. He's too immature for her. Oh well, yeah, I'm yeah. not too familiar with it. I'll just play along. Uh, I think that that one of the the things that you're supposed to understand about Batman is uh, he's not very good at managing his relationships. Right? I mean. He gets on bad terms with Dick. He is on permanently bad terms with Jason, it appears. Uh, I mean, Tim is sympathetic to him. Uh, not on super great terms with Damien uh, in, in all continuities. Uh, he is someone who, you know, he, he the real him is Batman. That's who he is, really. And the part of him that is a facade is the part of him that is like a typical person the playboy millionaire i mean that's a facade but it's also his only human uh aspect really and then the other part of him is this you know in many ways pretty dysfunctional individual he gets much better over time but you know a lot of mistakes happen in that process and you you hurt people and you lose them and i mean that's a lot of what uh his arcs with dick and jason uh and to some degree tim are about you know that uh, he's not uh, innocent in his story. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's, and, uh, and, and Catwoman, in a sense, always made a great ongoing love interest precisely because she wouldn't stick around for that kind of shit, right? She had her own baggage. She had been in bad relationships and she had kind of, she had kind of come into her own at some point and put all that behind her and she wasn't going to be taken advantage of. Uh, and I think she could always see that wasn't what uh, Bruce was about uh, but she also could see that he was a lot of trouble and a lot of work, uh, and she would not, uh, you know, she just wouldn't accept it. She wouldn't, she wouldn't take being stood up. She wouldn't take being, uh, dismissed, uh, and she wouldn't take being second for somebody. Yeah, so she's a very strong personality and that's what I like about her. She's too much woman for Batman. I mean, I think that's what makes her great. Um, and such a fascinating character. There, yeah, there are definitely depictions of Catwoman that flatten her. Quite a bit, you know. It's a sexy cat lady, uh, but I I've always disagreed with it. I mean, I think she should be a funny, kind of earthy individual. I'm talking Queen Anne sofas, caftans, obviously a lot of cats. I like her with big hair rather than like a little short bob. I think uh, I think the Long Halloween Catwoman is probably one of the best uh, that I've ever seen written. Uh, I think she's great. I think she's really great. Can you can you really have a wedding if they're both like anonymous? Are they both anonymous? Yeah. So how does that even work? You gotta get other characters who are other superheroes and stuff, right? Who are like okay with that? Yeah. Superman and mm-hmm. the f- the Flash, Wally, yeah, or Barry. The X Men. Nope, different universe. They don't diff- completely different. Yeah, universe. but for a wedding. They do a crossover, DC Marvel crossover for, for a wedding. I feel like you wedding. put these things aside. So you have Dick and you have Babs um, and you have Tim and then the Titans. And but the, how you do know. you get a priest or whatever? 
They're going to want to know probably who you are. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess you could explain. How do you get, how do you register the marriage in, in the state? You know, I mean, maybe, maybe before marriage was a legal matter. It was just a, it was just, you know, some mm. just sacramental thing between people. Yeah, but we're not, that's not where we are now. Well, so. but maybe they understand that because of the way they live, they have to do that. You know, they have mm. to accept that as the extent of what they can have. I see. Um, so separate income taxes. If you can't, you know, get married formally. I think that if they ever do another animated version where Catwoman's in it, I should get to voice Catwoman. I want to be one of those people that is like a sensitivity reader, but it's more like logistically, you know. Like a, someone who manages the continuity on a TV show. Yeah, and 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 also make sure that they clear these things up. Like, are they really married? What is, you know... You get to see a certificate. Is it? A, yeah. Do they register it? How do they file? How do they f- do they d- how do they do taxes afterwards yeah. at dual? Is it not? How will they handle custody of children? That's the shit people care about in comic books. You know. How was Finland? It was good. I just think I do a great Catwoman voice. I don't know what her voice sounds like. Well, I mean, she's a cartoon. She's a comic book character. So she she has they hear she's written, but she doesn't have a voice, right? I guess not. I mean, except the ones that I, I assume they're movies yeah, with there her. There have been all kinds of different people. So there you go. Catwoman. You kind of kind of copy them. I you can like. think of her as having like a very high pitched kind of Michelle Pfeiffer kitty cat tone. And I mean, in some regards that that makes sense, right? Because she's a cat woman. Um but I always read her as uh, having like a good, deep, robust voice with like a sonorous laugh. You know, and she mm. had some gravel to it because that gives the impression of like a of a feline like trill or purr. Yeah, I believe you. She also just needs to be someone who's lived a lot. You know, seen mm. it all. Rode the rails. Rode them all over town. Been there, seen that. Hitchhiked. Uh, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you probably see that in the. Worked on a shrimp boat. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about Finland. Oh, Finland was was swell. I only saw Helsinki. And mm-hmm. the area immediately outside of it leading to the airport. So, you know, it was nice. It's on the water over there. Yeah. The Baltic Sea. Beautiful. I think it's called. Yeah. <laughs> it took a boat ride. Really? Uh-huh. It's all some of the oh. islands. Did you see any whales? No, I didn't see any wildlife. Um, the Baltic Sea is very, uh, very low salt content. So oh. I think that it's a different it's a different kind of thing when it comes to animals. Um, okay. You know. And well y- you bought Jane a deer. Yeah, I bought her a stuffed reindeer. Um, she wanted to at see the it. train station. Show deer, she would say. Yeah, she liked the deer. She decided it was a baby deer, even though it has little. antlers. Um, because it's small. Yeah, I know. It's a baby deer, I know. and. Uh, 
you've bought you brought me i'm gonna say brought because i don't think you actually paid for it a small little red booklet and a red pen that say europe left the european left that's the party of the european left is the eu yeah institution that paid for my trip out there the eu itself funds that party so well they're very that was very sweet of you to bring them for me and i'm going to use them in my in my travels yeah you can report with them yeah you know Mm -hmm. so i think yeah that's that's they're adorable i tried to figure out i mean you know in a global economy it's very hard to get things that can't be got elsewhere you know i'm glad you think about it in that way yeah it's she key. could just get this on amazon why should i bring her a, a candy bar there are plenty of comparable yeah, no, candy I bars absolutely i was at the airport and they have this ripoff they do and the like the duty free or whatever where they're like gifts from finland and it's like milk chocolate and then they just for whatever reason just slap a finland thing on it and you're like this is ridiculous i'm sure at every single airport is the same chocolate and they just like put a different wrapper on it um you know so i was trying to trying to this like the deep skepticism especially of souvenirs and other other gimmick type things where people are being had but they know they're being had and they're just submitting to it because it's part of the fun uh, it's not fun to be had that's ridiculous your 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 utter cynicism about this i can't tell if it's uh if it's like hard Appalachian hillbilly cynicism or if it's just part of the autism. <laughs> I mean, why would it just, you know, I, I looked, I was like, like, oh, I'll maybe the airport. I mean, I was going to try chocolate. to find you something on Sunday, but, you know, everything was closed on Sunday it's because, fun. you know, the socialism no, or whatever. No. I um, like it. <laughs> I like it. You, I mean, we the whole wedding thing was of a similar, because it's definitely a racket. I was actually going to get you a Helsinki University sweatshirt, but the university store was closed on Sunday. That's What's when I went to go try to buy it. What size do you think it would be? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, small. Yeah, that's right. I guess. Asshole. Well, I don't know what the sizes are, if they're numbers I'm or whatever. i play with you. I'll just kind of eyeball it. Yeah. Be like, I know about how big Liz is. Yeah, visually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're pretty good with stuff like that. I suppose. Go figure. I suppose. Yeah, so I went there. How'd they spell taxi? Oh, T-A-K-S-I. That makes sense. That's how it's, that's how it's said. Go. Taxi. You can't argue with that. Yeah, I like that because, you know, I could, I could recognize the word. You're Most like, of the oh. words I can't recognize is a strange language. That's a taxi. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is what it is. It's not what are they? It's not Indo-European. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's like Ergic or some, uh, something aliens. like that. And uh, it's it's really pretty. I think it sounds very very different than anything else I've ever heard. Oh yeah, visually it's weird. The words are quite long, I find. Yeah. But you know, I'm sure it's fine. Apparently, it's an easy language if you get going early it's very f- like you know systematic or whatever but hard mm. to learn later on if you don't get in uh you know at the early stage um so was everyone really tall like you or you were you still kind of taller than average mm, i was still taller than average i think 
You know, Finland was poor for a long time, so I don't know if it's quite got the uh, Scandi super height going yet. Still the poorest of the four by significant margins, so. Why? Well, you know, it was just kind of really poor until the 70s. <laughs> it was, you know, so they haven't had as long to uh, develop as the others have, but they've been catching up. They had quite explosive growth since the 70s, so. Must be the socialism. You know, they they like to tell a story about education. We, you know. We Everybody was dumb, and then we all went to school. We spent a lot of money on education, et cetera. Um, but, you know. They, yeah, yeah. You, you know, I mean, they've just. Beautiful photographs. Incrementally improve mm. things. Nokia was a big deal. Um, that brought in a lot of information and communications technology work. You know, I mean, it's, Apps. A s- it's the same story with any country, especially a smaller country. What you want to do is you want to get, you want to get at a part of the global value chain that is high value added and you want to really kind of hold that position. That That's how you get the high, the higher incomes. So you want to move away from sort of, you know low value i don't know extractive stuff and you want to move into advanced manufacturing and you know tech and stuff like that so you know that's the usual shtick used to be big in force lumberjacks and stuff that was a big thing do you know the lumberjack um, song i've heard it but yeah do you, are you you want to sing it no. With me? Um, well, you can sing well, it. I well, don't I'm not going to sing it alone. Well. <laughs> Anyways, I went there and I wrote a piece on it, peoplespolicyproject.org. Yeah, you said you'd publish a book if I wrote it. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I've managed to publish a book of sorts of my own through this process, so doesn't seem to be too difficult and you could you could be the quadruple p the people's policy project press it's true it's true yeah self-publishing is i think easier than it's ever been um but yes i yes i went to went there and i I was there at the uh, invitation of you know the left alliance which is their left party and the youth left, which is the youth organization of the left alliance, you know, de facto, and um, the party of European left. Those were the organizations that were involved. I gave a talk on Friday afternoon about the trends in the American left and the policy, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. how that's going, and I tried as best as I could to distinguish between what I'm calling accountable capitalism, which mm-hmm. is the name Elizabeth Warren is giving to herself, and uh, social democracy, which is, you know, just a long-standing, uh, <laughs> you know, idea. Uh, but it's tough to really distinguish these threads because realistically, you know, it's very mishmashed. A lot of people on the left kind of adopt parts of each and is not a clear line, but conceptually you can distinguish. And that's what I tried to do to say, hey, you know, advanced cap, 
or rather accountable capitalism is is all about you know can we fix the def can we fix the market so that it works the way we want it to work you know antitrust and consumer protection and regulation and that sort of stuff um, whereas social democracy uh, is more about the welfare state and more about uh, you know collective worker struggle and that sort of thing um, and I see that as kind of a a cleavage in the American left, at least conceptually right now, um, and in the policy world in particular. So, go off, you game. know. Yeah. I gave that talk, and you know, was interesting. I guess I don't know how interesting it was, but the highlight, of course, and the big event was my debate with the uh, Finnish MP. Johanna Vartanen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. I saw it. Yeah, they organized this debate. It was quite fascinating. This is the one you I wrote about. that guy's ass, by the way. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it I was... I know, uh, you did, for sure. It was an interesting debate, and I, this is the one I wrote up at People's Policy Project to some degree, but... You didn't know what hit him, man. You know, I mean, it's interesting. So a lot of it's interesting, right? So one of it is like... This guy is agreeing to debate me, mm-hmm. you know, in an event organized by the Finnish far left. He's a member of parliament from the National Coalition Party, which is the most economically right wing party. And that, that's interesting. I mean, if if I were to bring someone over from Finland and try to get someone in the U.S. Congress to debate them, <laughs> I mean, like, that, that, would, that would not succeed. Rand um, Paul, face me, you coward. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> you could get a Ron Paul figure or something like that, but... Um. Yeah, that's that's interesting to be open to doing that. Yeah. Also in English, it's very um, demotic. It's uh, it's very transparent. Like yeah, it's, it's a very uh, I said uh, a win for discursive democracy. You know, it's ooh, very much like ooh nice. yes, we're going to have a dialogue about our yeah. ideas, and that's that's part of the process. Whereas yeah. here, it's uh, it's not part of the process. Dialogue has no role in anything. <laughs> even <laughs> even in policy construction, no, no, I've yeah. learned of late. Really, it's just sort of create armies and cultish you know moron tribes and just have it out um you can't even like debate (laughs) things um so that was interesting and then and then but the, the debate itself was a little mixed because you know he's on the finnish right but like the finnish right the at least the national coalition party not the the Finns party which is the racist one you know, it's it's the right furthest right economic party in in Finland, but but that still puts it to the left of the Democratic Party in the U.S. <laughs> um, that's just sort of the how things are, uh, unfortunately, very depressingly in this country. Um, so that means you know he he his whole shtick is yeah I love the welfare state I love trade unions he even said he was down with co-determination which Finland does not have but but Sweden and Norway do, um, you know. <laughs> so it's like okay so the debate's going to be about privatization yeah it's going to be about okay should we that that that's where we're going to have the big clash should we should we privatize the delivery of of social services or should we keep it in public hands so like another way to put it would be like the debate is should we have an nhs like system and mm-hmm. like in the uk where the hospitals are run by the state or should we have a canadian style system and like the Canadian style system is the r- the right wing system, and the NHS style system is the left wing system. 
and here we we can't even convince the Democratic Party like as a whole to uh, to adopt the Canadian <laughs> system, mm-hmm. which is like the right wing alternative. Um, but yeah, I mean, we didn't go that deep into healthcare itself. But anyways, that was supposed to be the thrust. Is he was supposed to be like, yeah, let's privatize, let's privatize. We'll still have the government pay for it, but we'll have private providers. And then I'm supposed to go, no, that's a terrible idea. But instead, he came out and was like, well, you know, I'm not saying we should or shouldn't privatize. I think we should just look at things and be pragmatic. I'm like, okay, I don't know. I don't know how to debate with that exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to. S- yeah, it's hard when they're not. Uh, when they're you know there's not a lot of offense generated by a debate like that I mean, yeah a i mean flash as they would say yeah i mean it's ideally yeah you come out and say you're for privatization i come out and say we're against and part of the debate process uh you know helps us figure out whether that's a good idea or not to take the position that you just want to do whatever the good idea is without you know taking a position on what the good idea is is leaves uh, for a bit of a uh, mixed up debate but it was still good and i got my points out and it was fun and you know you can read it on people's policy project if you're if you're interested i Uh, think you did a great job yeah i think i held my own it was it was fine um you know so aside from that i mean you know there were some interesting tidbits sort of picked up in uh, finland um just chatting with some people um one thing I was not aware of was that I was told this, that they don't do uh, censuses in Finland. Okay. Like we do, you know, like every year the census puts out a report from the survey and, you know, every 10 years we do the big census and all that stuff. And the reason they don't do a census is because they just keep track of the data just like their administrative registers are so clean and good that they they just have all the data that they need for the census just just automatically you know Mm -hmm. so um so yeah so that was interesting um and then they oh uh, someone was saying that they they you know, American culture is very dominant across the world and that that has an effect on uh, what they do there. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, they were saying that there were, I don't know, some scattered protests about, like, police violence or whatever. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for your help with that. But, like, not about police violence in the U.S. per se. It was like, oh. it was like, oh, people in the U.S. are protesting police violence. We should protest police violence here. But but there isn't really a, all that you much know, police You know, you keep them on there. their toes, though. You yeah, can't you let know. them get used to, you know. So, I mean, like, I'm sure there are, like, some issues, but it's not really. Yeah. It's, you know, it's mostly fine, <laughs> as far as I could tell. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was kind of funny. It's just like yeah. you just sort of pick it up and, you know. Well, like, I'm glad oh. they ran with it. It's a good cause. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the only other thing um, that I thought was interesting was I had kind of known this going in, but I didn't talk, but I hadn't put a lot of effort into it. I might going forward is, uh, you know, I mean, necessarily in a small country like Finland, you, you the sectors are quite concentrated. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I think that's an interesting thing to consider in the context of our, like, antitrust yeah, like yeah. kind of debate because, you know, like, Finnish retail is dominated by two companies, S Group and Kesco. And there's, like, a handful of telecoms. And yeah, and, uh, like and this is potentially going to be an issue 
along which debates uh, split in the Democratic Party in the primaries again, whether to go the sort of welfareist route or the antitrust. Uh, yeah, or just, I mean, I think the so way do Those do seem to be splitting into different camps, actually. You, you do solve... The yeah, I mean, the, so welfare state, but also it's just like, well, you know... If both the retail groups are controlled by a sectoral labor union I mean, contract, yeah. yeah, then you can handle the monopsony effects, mm -hmm. you know, like collective worker uh, power and negotiation can kind of check all of those things um, and has to check those things because the finished market is not big enough to accommodate yeah. tons and tons of places and then and then that also becomes true of like less populated areas in the u.s a lot of antitrust stuff has focused on those areas but like those areas cannot be fixed competition wise because there's not enough people there yeah like, like not everyone can run a grocery store yeah anyway. you can i mean if it's a small enough, you know you get up to a certain population level and that that'll get you one grocery store and you get yeah. up to a few you know to the next tier then you can get two or three um but like if you're you know that's just the nature of the bees it's only in cities and where you get enough density that you can have just sort of like I don't know, sort of hyper competition where I've got groceries. We've got like three or four when walking distance of our house yeah, rules. That's not possible in a rural area. So what are you going to what are you going to do about that? You could just complain about it all the time and be like, man, I really wish there was competition here, uh, but you're not going to get it. And just like, you know, obviously there is competition in Finland, but it's much restrained um, from the U.S. because it's not a big enough market to attract enough entrance into all the sectors. Um, that's so, you know, I don't know. To me, the upshot is pretty obvious that y you're going to want to create a system that works without, <laughs> you know, necessarily having a ton of competition because at minimum, that's going to be the case in rural and less populated areas. Um, so. So that's going to be one of your things going forward. Who do you plan to fight with next? Are you planning to fight with the modern monetary theory people, or are you planning to continue fighting with the job guarantee people, or are you going to mainly fight the antitrust people? Well, I'm not looking to fight anyone mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, right. I got yeah. three papers in the works, and uh, I'm kind of interested. One is, yeah, in seeing if I can track the consolidation a little bit better. Not the consolidation, but the, the, the concentration a little bit better. Sure. In those countries, which I think is quite high. Uh, because, like I said, it's a small market. If I could kind of tell that story a little bit more interestingly, and then the other thing is, I'm I'm kind of interested in um, moving into the co-op uh, sector. No, well, you should read Nathan Schneider's work. He's a friend of mine. He does great work on co-ops. Yeah, I I don't. I'm not like a huge fan of co-ops per se. Um, you know, I mean they're fine, but I've, I I like you know other approaches. But the thing is that there are a lot of, you know, that is one of the more vocal on Twitter sectors that are like real socialism is co-ops, which I always find really funny because like co-ops are obviously a quite a small tendency in the socialist world. And so like usually you would think that they're, they're, they're more at risk of people saying they're not socialist. And so for them to turn around and say everything is else is not socialist uh, is sort of funny. But, but the thing, I guess, what I'm interested also is like, there are co-ops in these countries, right? And so if we're going to start saying co-ops count, co-ops are socialism of a sort, then maybe if I maybe it would be good to count 
this, the co-ops in those countries and then I could get a more expanded yeah you know it's like okay not only do we have the general government health and education and child care centers and that sort of stuff which is public yeah not only do we have the state-owned enterprises the oil companies and the telecoms and the so on which is public not only do we have the funds <laughs> the wealth funds right. that are public but we also have this co-op sector um and and it now if we tack them onto the pile then you can get the socialism uh level even higher yeah if that's how you i think i personally so. think co-ops are great and i think yeah. that they're very um they're very spiritually and personally fulfilling for people i think people get a lot of emotional and psychological benefits out of participating in co-ops yes uh, and that, yes. that i think that's that's something that you really can't under underrate uh, it's very important i think people can especially small ones people yeah. um I mean, we have a lot of co-ops in the U.S. And, you know, once they get big enough, uh, I don't think people form too much of an attachment like like the grocery chain Hy-Vee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a co-op. Um, but, you know, you know even, in, even in smaller co-ops and, you know, some cases in bigger co-ops, I think you definitely see a place for human flourishing in the logic of business that you don't mm-hmm. um, in typical yeah capitalist arrangements yeah yeah i mean the problems with them are more technical than they are like people don't enjoy them um so well more technical than philosophical because the, the philosophy behind them is also pretty sound in my opinion mm, i think they're philosophical problems too i mean to say for instance that a w- that workers in each company they are the people who should solely be able to like direct the company that other people in the country don't have an interest in that company working well, I think is wrong. I, I would disagree with that. Yeah, I would disagree with that. But that's that's sort of the implicit idea. I so don't think it. I don't think it has to be. Um, well but but you know, if that is if that is, then that I, I would d- object to that. But I don't think it destroys the philosophical foundations of the whole enterprise. Yeah, I mean, I view it more bloodlessly as just like, oh, yeah, this this counts as collective capital ownership within the firm. So, you know, it goes on the, it goes on the ledger as as socialistic by definition. You just put it uh, down on the red side. Yeah, that's basically how I go. But then it's like, okay, but is it the best way to do it? Um, but anyways, in in Finland, the biggest employer in the the biggest private sector employer in Finland is S Group which is a consumer co-op. So do we count them? Do we get to count them? Also, well, that also raises questions, right? Are consumer co-ops, do those count as co-ops or is it only worker co-ops? Consumer co-ops don't have like independent capitalists exactly extracting money. It's the consumers that get some kind of rebate. That is essentially what the capital income goes to is the rebate of the consumer owners. Um, but you know, if I'm allowed to start tallying those up, then I can I can make the uh, the contrarian case even stronger <laughs> about the uh, penetration of socialist forms uh, in these countries. So, who will Matt fight with next? What is the true nature of Nordic socialism? Who's going to play Batman? All these questions and more will be answered in good time. I will say, it looks like Julia Salazar is doing very well in her primary. Uh yeah yeah that's what was, I'm seeing right now going she's good. several I mean, several points ahead so oops yeah I, I um yeah I guess I shouldn't check online right now but yeah she was doing well with a lot of the stuff in so well 
we will sign off by saying good luck, Julia. Hope your lead holds up and that you win it. All righty. All right. Good night, guys. Thanks so much. All right.